What's up, y'all? Just a quick disclaimer before we begin. The audio is a little bit off in this one. It is a little bit low at sometimes. Um, we just had some minor audio difficulties, but regardless, we're good. Um, and we hope you enjoyed the episode that begins right now. So I know you got an announcement that you want to share, huh? So it's out. What's up? What's up? From villages to privileges is What's that? Where'd you get that name from? So my new collection has finally been mm-hmm. announced after six plus months of working on it. You've been working it. on it for a long time. Um, I've been working on it for a really long time. Also, since you want to take the credit so bad, you're the one that came up with the title I'm getting, of the collection. I'm kidding. I'm just... Um, cut, you know yeah it, it's so it's so surreal and crazy that it's out like i was just so emotional when i first announced it um a few days ago and it's just crazy like you know when you're working on something for months and months and it's a secret and you're the only person that knows how hard and how many struggles you have to go through right. with it and then finally like everyone knows about it that's it's a huge shift crazy. like people are actually judging i feel like I'm, I'm about to go through that i just took my my portraits and my product photos for my book shout out my my friend olivia because he finally ordered his books yeah, too and i'll be posting them soon and you know i'll, I'll be feeling that same thing soon too so mm-hmm. i actually had to force him to buy it because he procrastinates a lot and i know for a fact he wasn't gonna buy it yeah thanks um a little salute to both yeah. of us. I just went to New York. If you caught us in our live, you you would have known. <laughs> but yeah. we went on live and all three of our. We guys. wanted we wanted to record an episode while we were together from one mic- microphone. Mm-hmm. It was not going to be a good idea. Yeah, but yeah, oh well. I hope I hope we caught some of you on live. It was so nice to talk to some of you. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, welcome back to Difficult Dish, a podcast about different South Asian narratives. I am Ahua, and I am Moshnoon. And today we're going to talk about why it is so freaking difficult to make friends oh. in the South Asian community. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, what's the saying? <laughs> I mean. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Oh, okay. It is difficult. It's not right. easy to make friends in the South Asian community. And you know what? We'll tell you why. Yeah. Some things that we'll talk about may be, but not limited to. Oh, uh, here she goes. Judgment. Okay. We may talk about just not meshing well with brown people because you're surrounded by other people of different right. ethnicities. Right. We may talk about snakes. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. My mom hates snakes. I am also very fearful of those things. I think I think before we get into the topic, I, I just wanted to say that like we're trying to find a balance between talking about like serious things regarding like you know mental health and and just like pursuing your dreams and things that are not so serious and i feel like this kind of falls in the realm of not so serious so let us know if you guys like this or if you want us to focus more on like the heavy hitting topics we're just trying to sell um trying to have a little bit of variety in our topics but but yeah so we're going to be talking about um just just the difficulty of making friends whether it's in the brown community outside the brown community we both have pretty different experiences um with making friends and we'll get into that but um but all in all it's just something i wanted to talk about because i think somebody in our live mentioned it or i don't know how i thought about it but i just feel like friends are are such a complex topic you know trying to figure out if you really need friends if you like you're happy with the friends that you have now um Mm. you know if your friends are taking up too much of your time if they're not a good influence on you whatever the case may be like there's there's so many things to discuss about it and i think with like the two different journeys that we've had we can put in some some pretty good input on like the 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 correct way to go about things and and before we start i just want to say that i we are completely not bashing you know south asian people and how they are as friends like all of my close friends are all brown and Mm -hmm. i've had such great experiences with all of them and once you are close with them there's such a huge sense of community that you really can't get with anyone else and there's so much you know bonding and trust with people when once you find the right once you find once you find the right crowd obviously but we also just want to shed some light on why it is hard to make friends with certain types of people because of all of the you know toxic things in this culture 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know more about that than I do. Cause like, so I'll go first and talking about our experiences in that, like, I didn't really have brown friends growing up and the friends that I did have growing up, it was, I've just always had a, a very weird experience with, with having friends with, with my friend group. Cause like growing up, so I wrote a little excerpt, ex, ex, excerpt, excerpt. excerpt. Yes, sir. Um, for like the pages that I'm going to be featuring on and like my first paragraph in, in my excerpt when something like, oh, um, you know, it was hard for me to, to be friends with a lot of people that I grew up with because like I, I was just always really different and like, I don't want to sound like, like, oh, I'm so different, but like, you know, a lot of things that my, my friends were into, I wasn't into, like I was really into just, you know, I want to go get coffee and and go, you know, on a walk through some of the other parts of the town. Everybody else just wants to go to like Ale House and and, and <laughs> you smoke. still go to Ale House. No, but like that's all they want to do. Well, like I want to like you know go get a nice <laughs> cappuccino from from the other side of town. And he, he's saying he didn't have friends because he wanted a cappuccino instead of going no, to like. There was there was a train called the Sunrail and I before like we drove like I I always really like taking the Sunrail out to like the other parts of town, you know, exploring a little bit. Nobody was really into that. And mm, and it was just really that. it was really hard for me. Um I didn't have the experience of growing up with a brown community like that. I mean, I definitely had my my one or two um like bengali boys that were near me that are still like family to me but other than that like my friend group was i had uh, i had a puerto rican i had an indian i had a nigerian i had a filipino i had another puerto rican like i it was very very diverse um there was a white guy in my friend group like it was all just just all over the place but but when it comes to friends in general um, I think when I was younger, when I was in high school, I put too much pressure on wanting to make a really cool group of friends and we all hung out and it was my clique and we had a name to our group child and, and, and everything. But then when I got older, I really realized that like I didn't need as many people as I thought I did right. initially. You know, I really became happy with just me and my one or two people that I've known for a long time, my sister my family members, like my, my family, my friends that are basically family because I've known them so long. Those are the only people that I, I realized that I, I really needed. So, um, I think, I think friends are important to have, but it just depends. It like depends on who they are. It depends on how they're feeding into your life. At the time, my friends weren't feeding any passion um, into me. They weren't adding any substance into me. It was just like a group of people that I did stupid shit with. And that's just, it's just what I did. It's just a group of people that are in your life because they're convenient. And that's who you grew up with. And you yeah. don't see any other life besides them. You know? And I think and I think like when you have a group of friends in high school... There, there's like this unsaid rule that you have to be friends with them for like the rest of your life. Right. Well, I like guess that's not true. You know, like in general, like I, I understand like the, the fun and the beauty of like having like a group of friends from your childhood, but it does not mean that like you have to be friends with them forever if they're not adding in anything into your life, you know? So that's kind of like how I felt. Yeah, I think now I'm also in that mindset where I don't really need that many people around me to make me feel whole. Like, I don't surround myself with my high school friends as much anymore just because, like, it's great seeing them once in a while. That's fine because, you know, it's, it's going back on memory lane. You kick it back for a little bit. You hang out, whatever. But I don't like surrounding myself with, with people like that so often just because I need people to constantly feel me. And yeah. also, I'm so comfortable with, my, with myself now. Like, I yeah. don't need anyone. I do everything by myself. And... I feel like when you grow up with people, it's great. It's really comforting to grow up with them. But also at some point, they don't see you as your present self because they're so attached to your past self. You know, they grew up with you for so long. It's hard for them to adapt to who you are now. And I think that's what I had. So do you think that you had any brown influences growing up? Because I know for a fact in previous episodes... 
you said you grew up with like a lot of um, Spanish influences around you. So when I was in seventh grade, there was um, this Indian guy and his family moved into my neighborhood and him and I became pretty close over the following years. And he was pretty much um, the only brown person as well as this Bengali family in my neighborhood. They got three brothers. I've always been really close to them three. But other than that, I I really don't. It was, I mean, obviously there were there were brown people at my school. I talked to them here and there. But for the most part, like going back to what I said earlier, it was really hard for me to connect with the brown people around me because none of them were like me. Because none of them so, were like me. So you had an easier, you had an easier time to connect with people that were non-brown? I think like the best way to like go about this is like, you know, since you grew up with a lot of brown people, it was it was like normal for you to have a lot of brown people near you, if that makes sense. But like for me, since there weren't, I didn't, I didn't see not having brown people near me as like abnormal, if that makes sense. So like I kind of treated everybody the same, you know, I pretty much grew up with just all people of color. You know, I grew up with a lot of Spanish, a lot of black, a lot of brown. And I kind of just all saw them as like equal people. I wasn't, I was never like, oh, he's brown he should have a a certain type of influence on me. I never really thought thought like that because a lot of the people near me were like children of immigrants. That's interesting because I feel like I was only able to, and I still am, I'm only really able to connect more with brown people in comparison to non-brown. And I can do that much, like I, I have much greater awareness of that now, now that I'm older. And I think like a big reason is because like I met you and and you've helped me just like embrace being brown much much more and it's something that i really didn't care for for most of my life but like now i remember i went into my office i think like two weeks two three weeks ago and i told you this like there was this brown guy who was in like the general like cafeteria area and he was like standing by to get a coffee and like he was like facing the other direction like not looking at me at all but like i could see that he was brown and i was just like I feel so comfortable to literally just go up to him and talk to him. Like, yeah. like not looking at me at all. Like, did yeah. not even see me. I literally came up behind him. I was like, I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was like, hey. I was like, I was like, I literally told him, I was like, you know, you're the first brown person I've seen in this office. And I just wanted to, like, say hi. Oh, and so we just, like, we just chopped it up. And so I say it to say, like, it's so much easier now to make friends yeah. with somebody because they're brown but at that time when i was like 16 years old i didn't care about it like I, I didn't care about somebody being brown i feel like back in the day in high school elementary school i was very much in the brown crowd it's crazy like if anyone from a high school is listening to this in high school we literally had a brown clique we were called the royals the royals. we had shirts made for our group there were, were 30 plus brown kids in this group <laughs> and we had a very exclusive group chat on whatsapp uh, not whatsapp on group me not even iMessage. no oh, some people God. had that samsung i'm telling you like <laughs> we were so clicky back in the day but the thing is like in that click there was still like a like a superiority superiority you know based on people, what just like who's more popular in the brown group. Oh, and the thing God. is, I felt like out of it, I wasn't in the brown group, I wasn't in the white group because like, I don't know, I just felt like I was like the lower part of the brown group. I didn't even you weren't popular. in the white group. I wasn't. I mean, I was in Royals, <laughs> which is uh, like, okay. I was in Royals. All but right. it's like, I felt like I had one foot in one, one door and my other foot in the other door. And I didn't fit in either, you know? Wait, Which what, is weird. What other, like, what other door? Just like outside of the brown group. Okay. Like it was like, I don't fit in either. So it's like, it's weird to kind of be in that limbo phase because like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it was based on, like reputation or like class or like prettiness or something. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really have any of those things. I wasn't, I was kind of average looking. I didn't. I wasn't smart like everyone else. Everyone was in like AP science, AP math, whatever. Everyone had high paying jobs. So I wasn't really in the brown category, you know? Okay. But I also wasn't white because the white group was completely segregated. It was all mm. white people in the white popular group and the brown popular group. So I just felt like out of it. And um, 
I still feel like that sometimes when I'm hanging out with people from high school, you know? So, but I'm saying that to say that I did feel more comfortable with brown people. I still feel very comfortable with brown people. My best friend is Bengali. My other best friend is Indian. And I just think it's easier for me to just, you know, connect with them. Because, like, most of us have had the same experiences or similar experiences. And I just feel like since we have such a, I don't know, similar background and culture and everything, it's just so much easier to, like, resonate with them you know, in comparison to a white person. You know, I, I think you grew up with pretty much only brown people and white people, yeah. right? Like, there wasn't too much of, like, anything else. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. there were the people, but the main groups were, were those two groups, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's different for us because, like, you know, I we in, in my high school, we had groups, but it wasn't really based on race like that or anything because everybody was not white. So nobody treated... You know, like, this is the brown group, or this is the black group. Like, obviously, there were their little things, like, whatever. But for the most part, like, everybody was kind of cool with everybody. So, I feel like we have, like, kind of the same experience, but in in two different worlds. Um, Do do you feel like you being into the arts kind of made it hard for you to be friends with people? Or did that just not, like, that wasn't really too, too relevant back then? Yeah, honestly, there weren't too many brown people. I mean, no, that's a lie. There were brown people in the arts. But they were also excelling in other things on top Mm. of the arts, whereas I wasn't. Um, But I don't know. It was just like a weird class system, reputation system. Or maybe I'm just like overthinking it, but that's what it felt like to me. I don't Mm. really know if anyone else can relate to my experience just because, I don't know, I felt like very outcasted. But a very important part that we wanted to talk about in this podcast was, or is, why is it so hard to be friends with brown people? Hmm. Like, there's so many reasons why people feel like they can't trust brown people. Right. And we got so many things to talk about for that part. So do you want to start on that? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like you definitely have much more detail that you can provide about this. I can definitely right. give from, like, my side of things, being that, like, you know, the the brown people that were at my school pretty much all of them were just excelling um academically and a lot of them looked down at me because I was not succeeding academically and that was pretty known throughout you know my my class in high school that I was you know nobody ever told me this but I'm pretty sure like I was seen as just the brown kid that that got bad grades and there were like very few of us but the the few of us were just kind of like Though, like, the ones that got away, you know, like, the ones that were, like, nobody knew what what was going to happen to them, you know, and I feel like I was in that category, so, but, you know, I, I never really felt too much, like, direct judgment because of my grades, but I can feel it, like, subliminally, like, I can tell that, you know, like, people wouldn't come up to me asking me for help for homework or for a test or anything because like they knew I wasn't I wasn't gonna do well even if I knew the topic better than they did um they wouldn't come up to me you know um I was I was in like yearbook club and I was in poetry club and I was just just seen as the outcast in in the small brown group that was at my school um even in my neighborhood like some of the brown kids in my neighborhood I, you know, I still played ball with them, like, I still hung out with them outside, but for the most part, I always felt a little bit of a drift between myself and them, and I don't know if it was just judgment on their part, or just, you know, they recognized that I was different, you know? Yeah. So, I think my experience with having brown people near me is a little bit different for you, because... You know, I, I was not succeeding academically. A lot of like the a lot of the parents of these brown peoples also knew that I wasn't succeeding academically. It made my mom kind of embarrassed, too, because, you know, she knew I wasn't I wasn't like that. And some of the other Bengali kids at school were doing amazing. Like there's this one kid like I'm not going to say his name, but he has the same name of um another Bengali kid that I was really good friends with the high school with. Who I was really good friends in high school with, and he was also not doing good academically. And my mom would always be like, "Oh, you should be friends with the one that's doing good, not with the ones that's doing bad." And 
it was just like a lot of like I was just really looked down upon and it didn't make me feel the best. And I'm pretty sure that drifted me away from trying to make any brown friends at that time. On top of that, I was into like A, B and C and they were just into like STEM. And and I get it, like they all succeeded, but I definitely felt a really big drift between myself and them. And I kind of still do, you know, even nowadays, like I, I don't have much brown friends, like the only like brown friend that I pretty much have right now, like in real life, other than like online and shit is like my friend Imran, who I met working in coffee. And I'm mad cool with him because like he's half Spanish and he plays in a band and he's into coffee and, and clothing and all that shit. And like, he's definitely like someone like me. And a lot of the Bengali kids I grew up with, you know, we're obviously still cool, like the Bengali kids from my neighborhood. Those are like my brothers, and you know I'm always gonna be cool with them. And now we've grown like a more mature relationship between us, and it's less like just being a homie, like in the neighborhood kind of thing. So yeah. my my experience is is kind of, is is a little bit weird. Um, I don't have the much input. I don't have much input about the brown community, but I know that you do, and I can definitely like add on to some of the things that you say so i mean before you get into you know talking about your experience with brown community like do you feel like like it, it is a is it good or bad you know would you say that it it's good that you had it or is it bad that you had it i think it's good that i had it because i now know how to proceed from now on and how to handle friendships from now on i think growing up i've always had such a negative outlook on everything because I've always heard gossiping in the community I've always heard backbiting I've always heard you know one auntie telling someone another auntie something even though they're friends and like shit like that which has always ruined my perception of of South Asian people in this community and I remember specifically where um, in high school I you know was acting like a high school kid and my mom was finding out Mm -hmm. and Instead of, like, blaming my mom and asking her how she found out, Mm -hmm. I started blaming my best friend, thinking my best friend was going and telling my mom or going and telling her mom who told my mom. You jump into conclusions. I jumped to conclusions mad quick. I was, like, what, 13 or 14 at this time? But, you know, back then, I really thought I cracked the code. I, I went at her. I was like, I was like, girl, why are you tattling on me? Why are you telling your mom? Because now she's telling my mom. Another thing about the South Asian community, everyone's close-knit. So you think you tell one person, another person suddenly knows, and the whole freaking neighborhood knows, you know? I think I think that's one thing different about us, is like, my mom wasn't in, like, she she didn't gossip with, like, brown aunties. Like, she specifically stood, Good like, for her. was, like, stood, stood away from brown drama because she Bless knew that it auntie. was dumb. And... And, and yeah, she was, she was definitely like, you know, she's obviously still had her people and shit, but like, she wasn't like going around gossiping, like, final, like, blah, blah. Bless her. But anyways, but there's like such a terrible close, like close knit is good. You know, you can always uh, like contact them if you need help, whatever. But it's also like, how the hell do they know about something that happened that happened two seconds ago? Like my parents don't even know. How the hell do they know? You know? So it's like, that was the downside of it where I felt like I couldn't really trust anyone. And it's not even like anything happened to me specifically. It's just like I grew up around that, you know? Mm. So it's like, how can I trust someone when like my parents were never able to trust anyone or like there was always such bad communication in the community. And I think that's why it always translates into friends, even in this generation, because we feel like it's hard to trust anyone. And um, another thing on top of that is just, like, unfortunately, it's so freaking shitty. There's so many judgmental people our age, 23-year-olds, or, you know, our age bracket. They're so judgmental. They're just like their parents. Like, sometimes I'm like, is there really hope for a generation? Like, it freaking sucks, you know? Mm. And they're so judgmental about everything. It's, It's, like, first, you can't trust them, but also, like, why are you like why do you think you're higher than us you know like some people you can't even open up to them about like boyfriend issues or like your your um sexual identity anything because you feel like they're gonna tell on you you feel like 
you're gonna they're gonna judge you they have like this um ego against whatever you know i think so that's like, something like i i definitely like don't get that because like yeah. i grew up with the opposite of that so like that's something that i still have difficulty trying to understand about yeah. your life is like i just don't understand why people do that like what's the yeah, point yeah i don't i don't either it's really sad sometimes when when people our age you hope for them to be better but they're literally duplicates of their parents, even though they talk, you know, such badly about their parents sometimes, saying, oh, I can never be like them. I, I hope to be better in the next, this generation, whatever, you know. But so, it's so like... Why, why do you feel like those kids end up like that? Like, what are some of the factors? Like, is it just, you know, they come from a privileged home? Is I it think like... they come from a privileged home. I think there's like a superiority... Sup- this is a word that I can't really Sorry. do you today. Got you got Super- it. Superiority nice superiority complex they think just because they're like pursuing medicine doctor nursing whatever they think they're higher than everyone right just because they think they're light-skinned they think they're better than people still like yes still yes yes why (laughs) i know so many people that act like they're so woke act like they're so you know Drop a name right now. Drop I ain't dropping no names. Drop a I ain't name. dropping no names. I gotta have a talk. But you know what I'm talking about. Do you I? know what I'm talking oh. about. Machine and oh. I, we know the tea. We we don't spill the tea, but we I don't know care the tea. about any of that. Yeah. You know? We don't we don't we don't talk about it, but we know the tea. Just to but say we're this, saying like, like they think that they're so much higher because they look a certain way or they have this certain reputation to their name, whatever. But they're really no better because they're really just like wishing so bad on their friends. They're wishing bad on people they don't know. They think that everything revolves around them. They act like they're on this like mighty throne. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people, it's hard to I trust don't get people what you're in this saying. community. It's hard to trust people in this community because okay. like, unfortunately, they just have this complex, you know? But yeah, that's what I've been used to. I think I think what makes me really happy about the way that I grew up in, like obviously there's a lot of bad things, but like, and I think I mentioned this before, is like, one thing I appreciate is, you know, especially with like me being on TikTok and, and making TikTok videos and I got like, I'm oh, starting to get so hate comments. Com- yeah, they're so co- supportive on TikTok. Oh my God. I'm starting to get like hate comments and it oh, really... Oh, comments. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it- I thought you were being sarcastic. No. No, obviously most of it is support, but like I bring that up to say like growing up, since like everybody I grew up with was pretty much like not rich, like everybody kind of had a, a an initial respect for everybody. There was right. no such thing as jealousy. Nobody hated each other. Everybody wanted everybody to succeed. That's crazy. And everybody supported everybody, you know, roughly like I'm I'm saying that to say like there wasn't this like superiority complex that you're talking about mm-hmm. in my community that that I like I went to school with, right. and I really admire that you know whatever the the bad like downfalls may be of growing up in like a, a lower income community like that, everybody kind of supported everybody you know That's people dope. didn't understand the things that I was doing but they weren't also they weren't like oh you 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 weirdo like like you should come smoke with us instead like it was never kind of like that it was just just like all right like go do your shit blah blah blah. you know another another thing that's really hard to face in the south asian community is that like people are so fake supportive Mm. you know i i get a lot of support on my merchandise on my art whatever i'm not talking yeah what you mean by that but i'm talking about like you kind of have to do everything solo, which I've learned the hard way, honestly. Like, actually, no, not in the hard way. I just decided to do everything solo because I'm like that. But I'm saying, like, it's really difficult to ask someone else for help. And it's really difficult to open up about your ideas to other people because, like, you can't confide in them and trust them because they're going to steal your ideas. They're going to not help you. They're going to be jealous of you and wish another or evil eye on you, wish for your downfall. And it's like, there's no real support, you know, because they're always like, thinking of it as a negative way. And I think I, I talked about this um, in a P.O. Chai interview a few months mm-hmm. ago in August. I said how it's so difficult to ask for help in the South Asian community because like, 
there's so many jealous people waiting on your downfall and they just want to use that against you and it's just really difficult you know it's really why why are they jealous of you if they're not even doing what you're doing like they're it doesn't matter they just don't want to see people on top like so many people preach south asian women south asian people on top we gotta dominate but really it's like they don't want you to be on top because they want to be on top even if they're not doing the same thing even if they're not doing anything at all they just don't want to see you do it. like they want to be the first one to do it and it's really unfortunate because like i i'd like to see myself as a supportive person i like you know actually uplifting people but it's really sad because sometimes you really have to like watch your back and like you feel like you really can't tell anyone anything until it's more solidified and you know an actual thing okay but, but like but like but like deeper than that, like I'm still having difficulty understanding why they're that way. You know, like I don't know. Ask their like what 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 is your reason? Like, have you thought about it? Like, what is your reason for for why brown people are like that? Like, is it just something they get from their parents? No, honestly, I think it's like a learned thing because, yeah. as I said, the South Asian community, what you've grown up with, is so cutthroat and it's so like demanding. And even your family tells you constantly, like, oh, like, you have to be better than your friend. You have to be better than whoever you're with, you know? They kind of see your friends as competition. As you grow up, you know, you're close with people, but your parents tell you, oh, you have to get a better grade than them. That makes sense. You have to beat them in the job force, whatever it is. So I think that translates into their future, you know, friendships and whatever it is. And they also see how parents act with other parents in the community they see all of these different interactions you know for 20 plus years and it really translates it's you really have to like unlearn that shit because it's so easy to just like fall in the trap of being a hater and feeling jealous and bitter all the time but you really gotta unlearn that so why why do you feel like you turned out the way that you turned out if if your mother was also somebody that kind of compared you to a lot of the other kids that were in your community like why didn't you turn out like them I'm not sure. I think a lot of it relates to just me being more open-minded, me just wanting to take the initiative to unlearn all of the things that I've learned, and also just me moving out of, not even moving out, going to school outside of the city that I grew up in. Mm. I think that just led to me just seeing more people with different backgrounds and just being more open-minded. And I don't know, I think I just grew a lot more empathy and I also think that once you have more confidence in your skills and in yourself, you start seeing yourself as the only competition. And that's when you start, you know, believing in other people's success and actually wishing them to be successful. Because I don't think that I have any hate in me to, you know, wish down on anyone. And I really think it's an insecurity, honestly, when people wish down on you. And God bless you if you're like that. If you're wishing on Labyrinth Ave and Mushroom when you're downfall, God bless you. Alright, so since I just vented a lot about my current situation with friends and the South Asian community, I guess we'll Mm. move on to the questions and advice session of this. Right. Um, Alright, so the first one... If you guys guys aren't following us on Instagram, our Instagram is uh, difficultish. We We just hit 600. We just hit 600. 600 you know how it, you know how it be and if you guys aren't following us please follow us we always announce our topics before we speak on them to get some insight from you guys we speak on them in this portion of the episode starting right now all right so the first response says it's hard to make friends because you don't have the social skills to socialize or network successfully and they're also very clicky and a lot of egotistical people. Yeah, I I definitely struggled with this in high school. I didn't know how to socialize t- uh, with people other than the people that I was already friends with. And I think that, you know, maybe a reason why brown kids aren't too good at this is because, you know, they're just so like focused on school. You know, they don't put too much effort on everything else in life that is important other than school you know mm-hmm. i know so many brown kids that are exceptional in college but that's all they're good at you know and it's hard for them to make connections it's hard for them to network with 
with people to set themselves outside and, and go out and meet people. And I feel like that that's something that I'm very good at. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm really good at just talking to anybody anywhere at any time. And I feel like what, what got me there is just like the stuff that I did when I wasn't in school, you know, like I worked in coffee where I was for, like, I worked service jobs where you, you're forced to talk to people in and out every single day. And you're forced to make conversations with people that you meet on the fly and have small talk. And especially in the, in the role that I'm in now, literally my, my position at work is to have client calls and to speak to, to different clients of mine, um, in my company. So, I feel like these are these are definitely skills that brown people have to get better at. You know, obviously keep focusing on your school shit, but there's so much more that's important, especially with things just changing and things modernizing in the world. You know, I, I was I was going on Indeed for fun and I saw that like a lot of jobs that for like entry level college grads start at like fourteen, fifteen dollars an hour like with a degree which is ridiculous you know like things are so different now things are just based on meeting people things are based on making connections i'm at yeah. where i am now because of the people that i've met and but the people also I've talked to. don't don't base your friendships on just connections and networking like try to actually have a, a actual friendship with it you know Absolutely. obviously it is very beneficial to have networking and connections you know for jobs and whatever but it's also very important to find sustainable friends that are also lifetime friends, you know? So what, what I mean by that is like the skills that you use to make connections are the same skills that you're going to use to make good friends. You know, like yeah. one person that I didn't even mention is, is one of my closest friends, Enrique, Enrique, who I met working at coffee and I we became close because I stepped outside of my box and just started talking to him when he came like one late night and we've been extremely close friends ever since so it's like you you never know how valuable it is if you just work on your social skills a little bit how like how many like amazing friends you can make by just being a little bit more open-minded and being a little bit more extensive with you know just just outreaching and, and talking to people it's definitely like the the most important skill I've I've ever learned in my life is just being yeah. able to learn how to socialize. And and we also want to emphasize that obviously there can be a lot of follow-ups with friends no matter what ethnicity. So, you know, still keep your guard up when you meet someone new, but also if you do let your guard down and they do end up being a really close friend of yours, you know, just let it happen. But also yeah. don't don't dedicate all of your time to this person and don't codepend on this person because it's really hard to just live separately for them from them when you do depend on them for it so often yeah absolutely all right so we actually got a lot of responses for this um question that we put on our story so thank you so much i'm gonna try combining a few i'm gonna yeah. try you know give an extra one in there for some mm -hmm. of y'all so Someone said, as a queer Muslim, I'm afraid that other South Asians won't accept me. Yeah, this is so sad and so unfortunate because, like I said, there is such a big superiority. You got it. Super superiority complex in the South Asian community. If you're not fitting in that box, if you're not fitting in their um, values and their standards, then you're basically outcasted. And it's so sad. Um, I know so many of my friends who identify as, uh, as bi or anything else, it's really hard for them to actually, in the beginning, actually, it was really hard for them to identify as, as themselves just because it's so taboo in the South Asian community. They're still not accepted by their parents and it's hard for them to hang out with certain friends and, um, still because they don't accept it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, so many people say that they accept it. So many people say that they're okay with it. When really they're not, they're kind of just hiding under this like homophobia or wh whatever it is, or they use you as like a token gay friend, whatever. And like, also, I don't want to speak too much on this just because I haven't experienced this. So I, I, I can't relate as much, but I'm talking um, from my friend's relation. Uh, from, I'm talking from my friend's experiences on this. And I'm sure from what I've heard that it's really hard to 
you know, open up about this. Kudos to you for even bringing this up. And I'm really proud of you for even accepting, accepting yourself and, you know, talking about this. But I can, you know, I can imagine that it's really hard. Yeah. Um, but, but on the bright side, you know, I'm, I know that, that things are changing, right? Like thing, yeah. things are getting better for this kind of thing. I, yeah. I also, you know, don't fully understand it, but I definitely went through like my, my time of, of a lot of people just calling me gay because I was into clothing and I was into right. writing and I was always so emotional. And it's definitely something that like I had to, to work around and, 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 and I, I felt a little bit of it and it, and it's not the best feeling, but at the end of the day, you know, things are changing. I think things are, yeah. or people are becoming more open to this and, I lost my train of thought. And I think it's a beautiful thing that the internet now is just so open. I think there's so many different places now on social media where you can find people like you. And honestly, that's very reassuring yeah. to someone that doesn't feel accepted with people in real life. And I think people from the internet can really be one of the greatest friends that you make too. So Absolutely. I hope that that works out for you and people start realizing that you are who you are and they start accepting you for that. I met you on the internet. People that don't accept you. What'd you say? I met you on the internet. You know, I met you on the internet. We're not doing this. I met you. I met you. Get it straight. What's the next question? It's not a question, but (laughs) I'll go. All right. Um, So someone wrote a really wrong, wrong <laughs> no not wrong, wrong. so wrong. wrote a really long response that we really appreciate so they wrote i live in the city with the most south asians and i still only have one south asian friend i've had some bengali friends that come and go because they didn't agree with my views re- um, relationships religion identity etc i also live a double life you know lie to parents you know the usual so i think i've i've said subconsciously always been scared to make south asian friends because i knew they would see right through me and a judge me or b snitch on me my parents thankfully gave me some freedom so my parents so my friends are mostly from other immigrant backgrounds and they can relate to my experience but sometimes i do wish i had more friends from my background that could accept Mm. me for who i am how you feel about that yeah, I mean, with what she said about feeling like they're going to snatch or judge her, I really resonated with that. And also, like, it's crazy that you had freedom, or it's not crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> no, but um, I actually also have freedom. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> crazy for a brown girl to have freedom. But, um, yeah, I also have freedom. But back in the day, for good reason, I did not have freedom. Mm. You know, I did not deserve it. I was not the best person to give freedom to. So I I was a sneaky girl. But it's because I didn't have freedom. And yeah. I also broke the rules a lot. But anyway, I didn't have freedom. So that made me really crave freedom, right? That made me crave having friends. But I also didn't really have the ability to really socialize. So when I did socialize, I'd go crazy. But it's like, it's like things like that where your parents don't let you out, your parents don't let you do things. It really makes you so restricted and not really have any social skills. And that really hindered me, you know. But, you know, going back to what they said. Yeah, it, it is so hard to have South Asian friends, especially when you feel like you can't trust them, like what we said. You always have to live a double life. And sometimes you feel like you can only live authentically when you live, when you're friends with, you know, white people or when you're friends with non-brown people, because you don't feel like you have to hide that part of yourself, you know? When you're living that life, when you're having too much fun or when you're sharing too much with brown people, you you feel like it's going to go back to your parents. You feel like they're going to talk badly about you to other people. And I get that. It's, It's a very, very truthful sentiment that resonates with a lot of people. I think what's important to remember is like, you know, I'm sure you can attest to this as like there there are a lot of funky brown people in the community, but they're also <laughs> they're also, you know, the ones that, that do see like eye to eye with you and that yeah. are receptive with your yeah. thoughts and your opinions. You know, in 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 my experience, I definitely have 
brown people near me that you know maybe they aren't doing this doing the same thing that i'm doing but they they accept it and they're cool with it and they they push me to do more of it so i i'm sure that the experience you've had has not been the best but don't let that close you off into thinking that all of them suck when there are a lot of really cool ones yeah exactly definitely when you find your crowd they are going to be so motivating they're going to be so supportive like i said my two best close friends and also my other friend she's peruvian my best friend my three best friends they're so supportive when i talk to them they literally my radar dies but you know the other people that i keep at a distance it's kind of just like you know stay there like Mm -hmm. okay support me but like Mm -hmm. you know is it support so it's like when you do find your people they can be so supportive so you really have to experience the bad to find the good but it's trial and error you know yeah um all right so let's do one more and then we'll end it off you know Mm -hmm. so they said making friends wasn't really encouraged cousins and family were meant to be enough yeah i think my my mom always preached that friends would always leave me friends are never forever family is always forever but it's also like you know when there's such a toxic nature in the family in the culture how can you expect me to open up about things that i can only open up to um, friends you know Mm -hmm. so like how can you expect me to only depend on family when I can't really especially when you're in high school or like early college it's like you're in those formative years where you feel like you have to tell your friends about things and you can't trust your parents with every single thing you know I mean now you can now that you're older hopefully you can trust them but like you know back then like you you need your friends like you can't Mm -hmm. be a hermit you know so I, I don't really understand that narrative and I've heard it so many times it's like, how can I depend on my family all the time? Yeah. You know, like, like family members are talking shit about other family members in front of me. Like, how can I expect you to not do that when I tell you stuff, too? Yeah, you know? it's just crazy. So, yeah, I get that. It's It was so looked down upon to, like, have friends. And then again, like, the whole cycle. You know, my family telling me, you can't trust your friends. They're going to talk badly about you. But it's also like... You're talking badly about your family members. You're talking badly about your friends, you know? So it's like, who can I trust then? It just makes you very, like, reserved. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, full transparency, I didn't have this experience at all. Yo, thanks so much for for making me feel (laughs) like shit. No, like, a majority of this episode, I'm learning as well. You know, I I understand that I'm in the minority of what it's like to grow up as a brown kid. Um, My mom was always just like, oh, like, you know, go make some friends as long as they're brown. You know, because, like, my, my community was different since we didn't have a lot of brown people. My, my mom encouraged me to go make friends and, and make sure that make sure that they were brown. You know, my my Indian friend in my neighborhood, my mom was really happy that I was really uh, I was really close with him. Even if he wasn't the best influence, my mom was happy that I had somebody very close to me that that was brown. And my mom and his mom um, are good friends and they still talk. So, I mean, hey, I don't get it. But I support y'all. Do what y'all gotta do. You know? <laughs> Alright, so before we end, you got any 10 second advice? Ah, shit. I think, I think all in all to, to round out what we talked about friends is my whole sentiment about friends is they're amazing and they can bring a lot of value into your life. My close friends have brought immense value into my life, but at the end of the day, your friends are not everything. I think there is so much inside of you to unveil. There's so much growth that you can do by yourself that you don't need your friends for. And, you know, always keep your friends kind of kind of there and close to you. But, you know, it's first it's you. You know, there's so much for, for you to discover about yourself, about your family, about what you want to do with your life that has no relationship to your friends. So again, you know, don't bring down your worth because of what your friend group looks like, because, you know, maybe you don't have too many friends. Maybe you don't have too many people close to you. You know, it's you and then it's them. 
I always say 10 seconds and this man talks for 30 Listen, hours. you go for six and a half days, okay? That was <laughs> just because I go for 45 seconds doesn't mean you can say something. All right, you got some in 10 seconds? So, so I got one. But it's like, you know, leaning on what you said. Hmm. So I think it's very important to have alone time. Or actually, no, spend time alone for a while. It's so easy to depend on other people. Yeah. It's so easy to make decisions based off what other people think and what other people are saying, you know. But literally just make your own decisions on your own. Go to the freaking mall by yourself instead of asking the group chat, oh, who wants to come to the mall with me? Yeah, yeah. It's like simple things like that. Like, you don't even realize how dependent you are on other people. Like, yeah, you know, that car ride would be so much better with another person. But also, that car ride is lit with the freaking nice playlist or a nice podcast on. Right. And, it's like, cultish. that alone time really just helps you, like, grow as a person. Like, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be, you know, living here comfortably. I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I'm doing. Put the phone down a little bit, you know. Ah, go on, get go on the phone up, down. Have a little, a, little, a little relaxing evening where you watch the sunset type thing, you know? <laughs> you know? You feel me? You feel me? You know? <laughs> all right. Let us know if you like the long episodes, if you like the short episodes. Mashuna's yeah. trying to make it shorter, but I'm feeling the longer vibe. I know uh, a lot of other listeners like the longer episodes. Yeah. So let us know. Yeah, actually, like, let us know how we can get better at this. I don't know if we're good at this or not. We just have people telling us they love us, and I'm tired of it. Give us some, con- <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Give us some constructive criticism. I need yeah. it. Tell us we suck. Come on, don't say that. Uh. But I hope you guys liked not guys i hope you fellows liked our episode we love you so much please leave us a five-star review on spotify and apple Mm -hmm. and leave us a written review if you would like we love listening to it it's so crazy having a podcast because like i said before mashun and i we both have our separate instagrams obviously i have my art page and i've gotten you know sweet supportive comments before about Mm -hmm. you know me as a character whatever but it's so nice to actually feel like we're doing something helpful. Yeah. You know, it feels like we're actually changing lives. It feels like people are actually looking forward to listening to us every week. And it feels like we're actually, you know, providing some insight for people to actually get them thinking and get, actually get them to, like, make moves every single right. week and actually get them to, like, you know, make changes. So thank you so much for all the sweet comments that you send us via Instagram or whatever it is. So, yeah, absolutely. Keep it coming. Keep it coming, you know? Alright, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. See you later. Good office. Alright.